Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. Hello, O'Toole. Hey there, Hollister. I don't know why. I'm just so excited about this podcast. We're going to be talking about scandal later. Yes, we are. And while we have nothing, yeah, we have no scandals to talk about personally. (laughs) I love to talk about vicariously. Exactly. But we do have a a little housekeeping to start off with. And that is. I don't don't do housekeeping. I know. Well, you know what? I'll I'll take care of the broom (laughs) stuff. Yeah, exactly. Maybe if you call it something else, it'll seem a little more. Well, maybe if you invented a mop, you'd be able (laughs) to. Okay, so that's that's a reference to our. That would our, give me great joy. Yeah, okay. that, that's a reference to our joy podcast, which was our most bitter moment ever in podcasting. But anyway, okay, a housekeeping <laughs> moment, which I'll take care of because it's clearly way beneath her. Um, Thank you. Thank you. We launched a new website in early January, and because iTunes is the fragile flower that it is, uh, <laughs> people who signed up for uh, to, to subscribe to our podcast, somehow it didn't make the transition. So what you need to do is if you subscribed and you're no longer getting it in your uh, podcast subscriptions, you have to go in and unsubscribe and then resubscribe. And unfortunately, some people have had to do it twice to make it work. Uh, me, Hollister being one of them. So if you can try to go in and do that, and uh, we hope that uh, that that ends housekeeping forever, because who likes housekeeping? <laughs> well, Hollister, you did that very well. Thank you. you. Very, yeah, very I, practi- well. Yes. I practiced in front of the mirror this morning. I did. <laughs> Um, okay. And then I, you know, I, uh, Hollister, uh, we have, you know, O'Toole, who's a documentary filmmaker in her own right and has won many award, I might say, even though she's too humble to say so, but I also have done. See, Hollister, you do PR in your sleep. I know. You can't even help I can't it. help it. I know. And I am a writer of reviews. So I've started up to write it, try to write one review again, uh, each week, which I used to do. And we did pretty well with, so we're going to start that up. And this week we've launched in the Hollister Review section. I did Jane Got a Gun. And can I just give a plug for my review and for this movie before we get started? Hollister by all means, screenthoughts.net for anyone out there. Go check out Hollister's <laughs> reviews. Okay, you go, girl. Yes. Natalie Portman deserves our respect no matter what she does. So if she wants to swagger onto the set like Nathan Lane did... <laughs> In the bird cage when he was pretending to be Wyatt, uh, who was he pretending to be? I forget. Was it John Wyatt. Wayne? Yeah, John Wayne, exactly. Anyway, uh, so check out the review, and if you want to see the movie, you can, but uh, you might or might not after you read the review. So that's that's on our website and ready to rock and roll with that, which is excellent, right? Very nice. Screenthoughts.net. Okay, and then I have to mention... That this week, the first week of February, The People versus O.J. Simpson starts. It's a 10-part series. Uh, are you going to be watching it, O'Toole? Well, I was so excited to see that Cuba Gooding Jr. is going to be back on the screen. Show me the money! <laughs> well, I just read an article around it. Now, you know, O.J. is rotting in prison. Oh, too bad. Anyway, he's rotting in prison right now and apparently not doing that well. And when you, if you've seen the movie Concussion which I have and have uh, great sadness and respect for those who go onto the playing field. You have to wonder if maybe that didn't have something to do with it once you see what happens to the brain when it gets jarred too many times. And God knows O.J. played football his entire life. So 
Uh, anyway, it is starting this week, and I, a lot of my friends are talking about it. So, you know, I, I don't really think I'm going to see it. It was heartbreaking enough when we went through it personally, but one never knows, mm-hmm. right? Hollister, I was living in Switzerland when that case broke, and I remember trying to explain to a Swiss lawyer what all the hoopla was about. <laughs> and his first question was, who's OJ? And I said, oh, OJ Simpson was one of the biggest stars ever. And he said, well, why? And I said... You know, he goes, is he a politician? Is he? I said, no, 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 no. He's an athlete. And he goes, well, what sport? And I said, he plays football. And he goes, oh, you mean soccer? I was like, no, he plays American football. He goes, how does that work? And I thought, okay, I can't even begin to describe the series of events. Well, the big scoop is that the Kardashians, um, you see them, their younger selves are in this. Uh, They apparently did show up a lot at the OJ trials. And she, their father, yeah. of course, being one of the attorneys well, he, who passed away. Yeah, he was one of the attorneys, but really he was OJ's best friend. And the mother, the, you know, the Kardashian mother, what's her name? Jenna, Jenny, something. I don't remember her name. It At any start rate, with a K. yeah, well, she was Nicole <laughs> Nicole Simpson's best friend. And oh, was she? Yes. And so here she oh. is. Her friend is dead. Her husband's representing the man who, you know, everybody did really consider that he had something to do with it. I, I mean, he was obviously not convicted but at any rate this is the 10-part series that starts this week and then also netflix is launching a number of things this month for the month of february and one of them is the first season of better call saul uh oh yeah and then lila and eve which isn't a tv show it's a, a 2004 film about two mothers who take the law into their own hands to find justice for their dead sons um but it does star get this viola davis how to Get Away with oh. Murder, and Jennifer yep. Lopez, American. Interesting yes. casting. Yeah, so um, so you might want to take a look at it. I'm, I'm, I think I probably will, so I'll let you know what I think You know, in the next podcast or two. Um, so that's all the news I have fit to print. Oh, wait, 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 one more big thing. Okay, the Gilmore Girls is definitely on. Oh. Yep, here's what I have to tell you. When do we get to return to Stars Hollow? Well, I don't know, I I don't know what the launch date is, but here's what I know for sure. There's going to be four 90-minute episodes to the series. And mm-hmm. um, Sherman uh, Palladino and Daniel Palladino, the husband and wife team that wrote the original Gilmore Girls, have signed on to write it. Fantastic. And everyone signed on except for, guess who? Um, Suki. Melissa McCarthy? Yes. Oh. And here's the thing. This is the is the role that launched her career. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how much bigger she is than Suki now. I think she has an obligation to come back on and do it. I do. I think Suki is the greatest character she has ever portrayed. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really sad. She hasn't signed on and they haven't said that she's turned it down. But And then, of course, Edward Herman, who um, passed oh, away. I know. And I will miss him as, as, oh, as Lorelai's yes. dad. So, but everybody else is in. So that's very exciting, right? And you know, Edward Herman was actually a huge audiobook reader, so his voice lives on. It makes me sad because I, I, I he was one of my clearly one of my favorite characters and by a great far. pillar for the show. He added a lot of comedic relief yeah. and gravitas and a lot of stature. A very tall man. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really, really, really did. So, uh, did you see anything exciting this week before we get into scandal? Um, well, I was going to talk a little bit about the St. Augustine Film Festival. Well, let's hear it. I was supposed <laughs> to go down, and unfortunately, business meant I couldn't come. So, and that was some I pretty bet you missed big me. Business, I understand. <laughs> you know? Well, I yeah. I, so I, I hear you must have missed me, though, right? Well, I always miss you if you're not here, Hollister. Okay. It's just it's not the well, same. So, how did it go? What did you think? I did not know this. The fascinating history of filmmaking 
in St. Augustine. I had no idea that St. Augustine was a filmmaking hub before Hollywood ever got big. Well, there you go. Yeah, so between 1906 and 1926, over 120 silent movies were made in St. Augustine. And I learned it was the perfect locale for three reasons. And thinking back on what we just take for given these days, I found this truly interesting. The first reason is you needed a lot of sunshine because artificial lighting wasn't big yet. So even if you were filming an indoor scene, you had to film it outdoors. Huh. And the Lord said, let there be light. (laughs) Well, speaking of the light... I didn't know this either. Do you know who founded the very first film studio in the U.S.? Um, Thomas Edison, who invented yes! the light bulb? Yes, yes, No yes, way. Yes. Is that true? Yes, Oh, my God. Did. I can't believe yes, I got that right. <laughs> I, well done, Hollister. He made the very first <laughs> Frankenstein movie ever huh. down here in St. Augustine. But you gave me a perfect tee-up when you started talking about light, and I figured, okay, who made up light? Thomas Edison. But I was only been. the assist, Hollister. You knocked okay. it out of the park. Okay. Oh, okay. So St. Augustine, perfect for three reasons. A, they had the sunshine. B, they have humidity. And back then, cameras wouldn't work if it was too dry. So you needed humidity for the film equipment to huh. work. And, of course, the third thing that you needed then and you need today is you needed locations. And for those who don't know, St. Augustine is the oldest city in America. And this always floors me. It was founded by the Spaniards 55 years before the Mayflower ever landed at Plymouth. What are you trying to cast dispersions on my people? Well, you see, your people, Hollister, had the leg up because their history was in English. So, you know, it was easier to follow the English-speaking history in the U.S. versus the Spanish-speaking or the French-speaking. But because it was founded by the Spaniards, um, the oldest streets in the U.S. are down here in St. Augustine, the narrowest, the oldest. And they had two of the fanciest hotels in America. The fancy hotels could play the part of a Mongolian palace. The streets could portray European scenes, and the beach down here could play the Sahara Desert. The town hosted Valentino and all the Barrymores and Oliver Hardy. Who knew, right? <laughs> well, okay. I know how attached you are to silent movies, so I thought, you know, I'd play a clip for you here. Uh, a silent movie clip? That's very funny. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so how about you get to the point? How was the festival? Did you see anything great? I saw many great things. Two of the films selected by the St. Augustine Film Festival have since gone on to garner Oscar nominations. Thebe and the short documentary Chow. And I thought this was striking too, especially given the international history here in St. Augustine. I did not see a single movie over the weekend that was entirely in English. Really? That's interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So truly a very international festival. Well, I'm sorry I wasn't there. I am truly sorry I wasn't there. And now let's move on to scandal. I trust my gut. My gut is what? Never wrong. Never wrong. We're lawyers, but this is not a law firm. We're crisis managers. We make the problems for our client, big or small, go away. You're going to Camp David to meet with the president. Why? We are friends. You and I are friends. He's the leader of the free world. Your life makes me feel unsuccessful. So, Hollister, you know what's really interesting about Scandal? Uh, well, first, I think we have to talk about Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes, before we talk about anything else, but what, what do you think is most interesting? Well, talking about Shonda Rhimes, it's the same thing. This is the first time we've been talking about a network show in quite some time. ABC. Oh, oh my gosh, that's true. It's amazing how much the TV landscape has shifted that we've been talking about Netflix and Amazon and iTunes, and we're back talking about a network show. We've reviewed Grey's Anatomy, which was a Shonda Rhimes show, right? 
We've talked mm-hmm. about her in a number of different places. But I thought we could lead off with the fact that Shonda Rhimes is obviously also the producer for Scandal, for Grey's Anatomy. How get to get a- away with murder. Exactly. Now, the la- can you tell me the last time a producer produced three shows and what they were? I would say it would have to be David E. Kelly. Allie McBeal, The Practice, and Snoops. Well, I'm talking about Aaron Spelling and T.J. Hooker, The Love Boat, and Fantasy Island. Now, for those of you who are too young to remember, Saturday night you watched The Love Boat, then you watched Fantasy Island. And, you know, I just I just think it's interesting that this woman came, you know, she was a potato, a couch potato person who just decided one day she was going to, you know, after watching soaps all day, she was going to really bring some TV to the evening hours and what an amazing ride she's had and interestingly enough she says she has no idea how Grey's Anatomy is going to end but she knows exactly how Scandal is going to end and she says it's not going to be an eight or ten season show and since we're in season five now one can only wonder how much longer she's going to make it run. She's always pitched it as a story between Olivia Pope and Fitz, the president. And considering how many characters there are on Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy could go off in many different directions with many different plot points. So tell me, do you like, I mean, you know, do you like Scandal the way you like Grey's? I will always be indebted to Scandal, perhaps for a reason that you might not see coming. But you might recall that last year, the true low point for me was for the first time ever in my life, I experienced a root canal. (laughs) I was in so much pain. I thought my head was going to blow off my body. And I realized I had never been nice enough to anybody I'd ever known up to that point. I know, I know, I know. And in a total act of mercy, they sat me down in the chair and they pulled up this huge screen and handed me a huge headset And they said, would you like to watch anything while we do the procedure? They pulled it up. And I think because they knew that I'd made documentaries, they had it cued to this very socially conscious documentary, I think, about drug running. (laughs) Before they turned on the drill, they said, you know, do you have any questions? And I said, yes. Can I watch anything else? (laughs) And they put it on Netflix and Scandal came up and I watched it and I I really felt like it saved my life. So I will always be indebted to Scandal. Okay. Do you like the show? What do you think of the show? I have to confess, I've only watched intermittently over the years. Yeah. So it's always been a great distraction while I watched, but it's not something that I've watched week by week, season by season. I have a love-hate, you know, my relationship with Scandal is like one of those bad boy relationships you have where sometimes you really like them and then sometimes you know that you don't like them at all. And with Scandal... I find some of it so absurd and so out of the realm of what I consider to be possible, even though maybe it does happen, but who knows, that I just I just roll my eyes and think, okay, you know, there's just too many murders that are not getting picked up here. And, I, you know, I just, I just think it's ridiculous. And then at the same time, there are moments when I absolutely love it and I love her as a main character, as a female character. I really like so her. Carrie Washington. St- yes, Carrie Washington. Mm-hmm. I you know, I love you know, I love her strength and so I I have a love-hate relationship with Scandal and it's continued to this very very moment. I enjoy their chemistry. I love watching these actors act. For example, in the first season, it cracked me up that Meredith Grey's, both of her parents ended up on Scandal. Kate Burton, of course, as the vice president and, you know, the father as the chief of staff. 
He needs a favor. I need to see him. That's not possible. He wants the favor. I do not work for him anymore. So you tell the president of the United States to make time. Well, by the way, now Shonda Rhimes, you know, she had a, she had a lot of trouble on Grey's, uh, which was her first major show with, um, you know, with Katherine Heigl and the cast not getting along so well. And Isaiah Washington. Yeah, there were a lot of issues there. And one of the things she said is she'll never, ever do another long-term show like this where she doesn't make sure that she knows the cast well enough to make sure they're going to work together. So I'm sure part of the reason those people got roles in this is because she knew how they play, how they work on set, how they get along with people, because these really are ensemble casts in many ways. They really are, so... Um, and what a cast it is. You know, Joe Morton playing Olivia Pope's father, Candy Alexander playing her mother, who we, of course, saw down in Bentonville. One character who I think is totally interesting is Mellie Grant. Oh, my God. I was lady. just going to say I, the one character I dislike. I think she's a terrible person. I think she's an awful you know, imprint for women and young women coming up. And I think, you know, as a first lady, I, I can't stand her. And that's Melly. I can't stand her. And yet watching her traipse through the office oh, please. eating potato chips. Please. That actress, Bellamy Young, is so good. And I find this fascinating oh, because God. it's a very necessary actor in terms of keeping conflict alive on the show. Yeah, but it's conflict uh, at the expense of everything I hold dear about my gender, and it's also conflict that it's, it's absurd. But this is what I find very interesting, is back in season one, Shonda Rhimes thought that Bellamy Young's character, Melly would only be in three episodes. And she did such an amazing job, and I cannot imagine even five seasons without a first lady in the show. Yeah. I it's a very necessary character. I, you know, to tell you the truth, okay, with the exception of our fabulous Olivia Pope, played by Carrie Washington, you know, most of the women on this are not, you know, they're just not women I want to be watching on a weekly basis. You know, the women gladiator, she's ridiculous. And she ends up leaving and going to work for the president. And, you know, then she comes back and she's a little hysterical and she can't have a relationship. And it's sort of like, you know, really, is Olivia the only one who seemingly has her act together? And frankly, in some way she doesn't. But but let's face it, she looks fabulous. Come on, don't you want to wear every single thing Olivia Pope wears? Best job you'll ever have, you'll change lives, slay dragons, because Olivia Pope is as amazing as they say. Do you think that any of the men are characters that you yes, would want to? Yes, I think both Jake and the president at least have have traits about them that, you know, I could, you know, envision aspiring to. Okay, at which point I have to ask you. So, okay, ready, O'Toole? It's a, it's a one, it's a one word answer. Ready? Go for it. Jake or the president? President is still married or is he available? You don't get to define that. Jake or the president? Why not? So you're making me choose between an O'Toole, assassin the president, and a married president? The president is married. Jake or the president? That's hard. I think I'd have to go with... Mm. I'm not even really sure. Is Jake still on the is, is he still on the deserted island? Jake or the president? Okay. Why is why are the why are these first of all, did they not have, you know, multiple choice answers at Harvard? Like Jake or the president? Liv, you did this thing. 
And I know you did it for me or because Melly made you think you were doing it for me. I didn't do this for you! There's only one answer to that question in my point of view. Guess which guess which one? Uh, to me, it's an easy, easy choice. To guess, you, I'm just assuming you'd have to go with the president. No, I'd go with Jake for sure. Really? Because? Yeah, I don't like married men who don't who who, who can't get their See, act together. See, that's why I needed to know if he okay, was married I'm, or unmarried. Well, but I know that he's married, and you know that he's married. If you can't not figure that out. season five. Okay. Isn't he divorced in season five? I'm not, we can't go to spoiler land. Um, okay, but here's the, th- here's the thing. I like Jake. I like Jake, you know. I, mean, I do too. It's yeah. a hard choice. But isn't he an assassin? Well, I am protecting the Republic. I keep this country running. I do what needs to be done. It's my job. I'm command. You would put an unmarried assassin over a married president? I, I don't think he's an assassin. I, you know, I think he's fighting for his country. He's a military man. Yeah, but isn't he kind of like a rogue operator? No, he's he he does things he's told to do by the people he reports to. You know, it's the same. Who you know, does he report to? He the, reports to those shadowy figures, right? Well, those shadowy figures that you know, I I, I don't I pick Jake. Okay, this is a girl question about boys, and I pick Jake. And I'm sorry you can't pick anybody. <laughs> Here you are talking about who you want as a gendered role model, and then you ask me, Jake. I know. Or I, the I know. Well, I'm telling you, I take Jake. So you don't you can't pick who you take. I think it's a very hard choice, and I think that's a great dilemma to have because yeah. I think they set it up. If it if it were so clear, it would be less interesting to watch. Um, yeah, I I wonder. I I'm sure there's been a poll. I should have checked before we came on today. But the other thing is, the best line in all of the anything that I've seen, the best line is between Melly and Olivia. And do tell. Well, Olivia wants Melly to do something, and Melly says, oh, "I don't think I can do it." And drama queen that she is and olivia walks up to her and says you're the biggest bitch i know don't tell me you can't do it and there's something about the way she says it in that moment in time and i just think well there's a moment you know it's uh it's that's your favorite line well well you know this is not the kind of show that brings out inspirational you know with birds flapping and sunsets roaring i mean that's not it's just not quite what we're talking about here on scandal clearly you've never watched the show while at the dentist uh no i haven't actually so i highly recommend it highly recommend it you know the sound of the drill is going and all of a sudden you watch the show and you're like oh look it's not my day job to go over to a senator's house and wonder why her dead husband went face first through a glass living room table (laughs) my day isn't so bad well there you go yeah yeah. Well, you know, again, that absurdity part. But also, did you know that Kerry Washington is presenting at the Oscars? It was just announced today, actually. That's wonderful. Kerry Washington hasn't done any movies. She did. She was in Django Unchained. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then I take it back. I was going to say, I'm not sure we can say when TV stars have made that transition to go to the Oscars and present. Interesting. Yeah, no, so Django Unchained was the number one movie at the box office when Scandal was also doing so well. Even now, it is one of the most discussed shows on social media. I read that last season, they averaged 291,000 tweets an episode. Wow, that's amazing. I know, I know. Shonda Rhimes, of course, went to Dartmouth and gave the commencement address in 2014. And I did love her line about don't dream do you might have actually quoted this in our Grey's Anatomy podcast, but I loved this quote by Shonda Rhimes. 
I don't understand why people don't understand that the world of TV should look like the world outside of TV. And apparently the other interesting thing about this show versus the others that Shonda Rhimes has done is this has a more um, gender neutral crowd, meaning men watch it not at the same rate as women, but they watch it also in a way that they do not watch Grey's. That's interesting. Do you know what the numbers are for I Grey's? don't. I didn't see the numbers, but it just said that it's a more, you know, it's a more, you know, people, couples watch the show more than they want, you know, than they watch Grey's. Grey's is more of a single woman show. Interesting. Yep. I know, right? Do you know something I didn't realize? Of course, Tony Goldwyn, I was so impressed with him when he played the bad guy in the movie Ghost which was his first big movie role. Did you know that he's directed episodes of Scandal along with other TV shows like Damages and Grey's Anatomy? Oh, no, I didn't, huh? Okay, but I'm sure you knew he was the grandson of Samuel Goldwyn. I did not as know. As a Metro Goldwyn mayor. But it's all in the Every family. Every time MGM comes up. Yes, but this I did not know. His directorial debut in terms of feature movies was the film A Walk on the Moon. Starring Diane Lane and Viggo Mortensen yeah, and Liv Schreiber. I loved yeah. that movie. I had no idea that Tony Goldwyn directed it. Well, no one would ever say that nepotism is not alive and well in Hollywood, you know? so. It's, but that's also a lot of talent. Uh, yeah, exactly. It is. It is. So do you, um, I mean, do you think that Kerry Washington and Tony Goldwyn have good chemistry? I don't feel the chemistry when I'm watching them on the screen, but I don't, I find her an extremely attractive woman to watch, but I don't find her vulnerable enough to be sexy. In either relationship, I just don't quite see it, you know. I think that she's most vulnerable, I think, when she's with her father, and um, I think that's the most interesting relationship of the male relationships that she has. I was going to say being vulnerable probably isn't a very good career attribute for a fixer, but then it's probably not so good in a president either. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, being a fixer, by the way, I mean, there are all different kinds of, you know, strategists out there. And it's certainly something that I do for a living, too. And Mm -hmm. I will say that, um, you know, (laughs) the way they present her is totally absurd, Uh, although there is somebody she's supposedly a little bit um, modeled after. But... The truth is you can't, you can't, you can't manipulate the press the way you used to be able to. You can't. And <laughs> do you, you say that with a sense of sadness? <laughs> um, well, I chagrin? say, no, I say it with, you know, I just feel like we've sort of changed what's important. And so, um, you know, what's important is not the same as what was important years ago. And, I don't know if that transition's good, you know, I don't know. And now when you look at the entire canvas of Shondaland and all her TV shows, how would you rank your favorites? Um, Grey's would have to be number well, one. Well, you know, I think Grey's is her only, I think it's the only show where she really knocked it out of the park. I don't think Scandal does. I certainly I watched How to Get Away with Murder and I thought it was sort of stupid. And... Um, and I didn't like um, uh, private practice. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm not, I mean, I really admire her work and I admire her tenacity and I can't believe she's doing three shows at one time. So good for her. But the only show that I think is an out of the park winner is Grace. You know, in our Grace podcast, I was talking about how her dialogue is very distinctive. No matter which character is speaking, you hear the same cadence. I went on YouTube just to see if anybody else was talking about this phenomenon. And there is a video up 
called the Shonda Staccato. One hundred eighty-three. That's the number of people I'm responsible for killing, not the number of people I've killed, the number I'm responsible for. There's a difference. You get an order to kill someone, well, maybe you pull the trigger, but it's not on you. They ordered it. The salad that I ordered, the salad, cost $26.95. The wine that you ordered cost $125 a bottle. I don't even look at the- Well, it's funny because, you know, Sorkin, they've done those on YouTube with Sorkin as well, mm-hmm. where he, he actually uses the same sentences and phrases and different characters and different shows that he's done, uh, you know, which I guess, you know, you can't, you can't be a human being and not do that. You know, I mean, I certainly say the same things over and over again. I, well, I know she's not writing How to Get Away with Murder, yeah. but she's written quite a few episodes of Scandal. Right, exactly. And obviously quite a few for Grey's. Now, what do you think about this plot development? Again, Bellamy Young, only supposed to be in the show for three episodes. She's been in there for all 78 um, now she's a senator. Do you think she's going to end up president before you know, the show I is have, over? I have no idea, nor do I really care. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. So your 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 hate part of the love hate relationship is winning over here. Well, I just you know I, again I think these are silly um, plot lines that you know who cares if she's a senator or not? You know I don't really care. And is that supposed to be pulling out from Hillary? I mean you know I don't know what you know whatever it is it is, but. Um, you know, I sort of don't, you know, I think those who love it, love it. And I think they love it for the same reasons that, you know, that we loved uh, Devil Wears Prada. Part of it was just the clothes. So Hollister, I guess you wouldn't really consider yourself a gladiator. Oh, I'm, I'm a gladiator, <laughs> honey. Believe me. I'm a gladiator, but I'm not her gladiator. And do you always follow your gut? Well, let me put it this way. There are no gladiators. You know, she could have had knights in the round table, but there were no gladiators that followed people. (laughs) Gladiators led themselves. So, yeah, I'm a gladiator. A gladiator in a suit? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Now, will you be watching this new show, Toast, that Shonda Rhimes is going to be backing? Do you know who's writing this new comedy series? I do not. Do you? Yeah, Scott Foley. Oh, oh, well, that's interesting. Your Jake is going to be writing a new show, and Shonda's going to back it. I always thought that he had great depth, that, that, that Jake. So I'm glad I chose him. Would you have chosen him on Felicity uh, over Scott Spedman? Oh, for sure. Yes. <laughs> so you've been a longtime Scott Foley fan. I have, yeah. I liked him. I liked him on, on that show, and I... I, you know, and I, I like him on this show. He's probably my favorite character of all. Remember when he was on Grey's? He had the bad heart. I do. He was yeah. dating Kim Raver. He was, yes. And they were, they got married actually. He wasn't dating her. They got married because he didn't have insurance. And then. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yes. they never did date actually ever. Um, they got married <laughs> and then they actually ended up falling in love. But we digress and we're out of time. We're out of time, O'Toole. Okay, yeah. so season five returns Thursday, February 11th at 9 p.m. It does, it now, does. I, just, I wanted to end with one last thing that I did this week. Oh, okay. Yes, I've been influenced by our collaboration with Lit Lovers. You know, when we were looking at the Oscar nominations for Best Adapted Screenplay, and there was your Charles Randolph for The Big Short and Brooklyn, and The Martian, and Emma Donahue for Room. Um, The other one that was nominated was Carol, which was based on the book The Price of Salt by Patricia Highsmith. So I went and read the book, which back when it came out in 1952, they marketed it back then, saying it was the book that went on to inspire Lolita. Have you ever read it? Uh, I have not, no. You're always the most beautiful woman in the room. 
spell of that. Carol. Tell me you know what you're doing. It's a wonderful adaptation of the novel, and this is something that just floored me. It came out in 1952. I mean, that was the year that Queen Elizabeth II ascended the throne, and they adapted it, you know, what is that, 63 years later? More than two dozen film adaptations have been made of her work. So her very first novel was Strangers on a Train, the basis for a Hitchcock movie and many others. She also is the person that came up with Mr. Ripley, which oh. became the talented Mr. Yes. Ripley. Yes, well, there you go. So look at her in the background of so many films. That's amazing. So enjoy the week, everyone. Enjoy all the TV shows that are coming on for the winter season. We'll look forward to hearing what everybody thinks. Be sure and email us at screenthoughts at gmail.com. And as Shonda would say, don't dream, do. 